You're an all-star, get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is your host, Barnsey. And with me, after some last-minute issues last week, we've got Billy Marion back in. How are we going this week, Billy? Better than last week, mate, but uh, uh, looking forward to chatting about footy instead of work. <laughs> Have you been going well the last few weeks since we chatted last time on here? Your teams are on the up-and-up again? No, mate, I, um, I found a way... Um, after telling you I was excited about Captain Arrow every week, I, uh, his injury finally caught up with me and, yeah, just uh, punished me that one. And I, I think I missed a round where, I think that round where uh, Gerbo and Turbo and every, every man and his dog that I didn't own almost scored a ton, kind of crucified me. So playing uh, by catch-up now, buddy. Yep. Um, I'm playing by catch-up as well. So that's a really good segue. Before Market Watch today, we're going to have a quick chat about the buy period. Um, so round 13 is obviously the first big buy um, coming into round 12 uh, it means that we don't have too long at all um, to start to get our sides together for that round 13 buy um, and it's a good time to talk about it because I've noticed actually on a lot of my head-to-head matchups that I've been having in cash comps and stuff um, obviously head-to-head guys treat it a little bit differently uh, but there's some guys that are ranked really well um, overall in sort of the top 1,000 and they, you know, I came up against one team uh, last week. The guy's ranked in the top 1,000, just on the edge of a 1,000 type of thing, and he had no one for round 13, and um, he didn't even look like he was going to be able to have the um, artillery in his team to be able to get a round 13 team on the park. So it means there's a lot of uh, lot of opportunity, I guess, to make it up, isn't there, Billy? Because there's a lot of guys in that top few thousand who are head-to-head guys or just haven't really thought about round 13. So if you're behind like me and you are, it's a real good time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you look at the top 10, there's even a couple up there that haven't really planned. And you, you start, it makes you wonder um, how, how they put their, deep, their team together to start with. But, I mean, there's, there's plenty of luck involved in the game. But there's on, 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 on the flip side of that, I, I think I'd much rather be in the top 10 and have no buy planning than uh, where I am at the moment, mate, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, uh, Catfish was actually saying um, a couple of weeks ago, one of the guys near the top um, has done really, really well, but has basically just gone pedal to the metal and not done anything with buy planning, it looks like, and is set up to probably have a pretty tough trot, and he's up there in the top few few teams, I think, so, um, yeah, look, it's definitely an opportunity. Um, I'd probably say, you know, What's your number one thing with buy planning? You know, if you're giving people advice out there, like what's the number one thing that you do um, that helps you hit the buy running and get some spots up on the uh, overall rank? Uh, well, the first one is um, just before the season even starts or as soon as you can, identify the guys that you um, uh, uh, full-strength players, you know, like you said, just got guys that are going to score you an average of 60, 70 points. So um, and and start targeting them when they bot when they bottom out throughout throughout the season, and aim to aim, aim to try and get seventeen on the mark. But um, the ultimate goal is quality over quantity. So just make sure you have a, a, a you can get a, a quality thirteen on the park that you can actually play post 
R13, and it's not just going to be a few numbers for that round, then that's a, that's a bloody good start. Yeah, how many are you aiming for for round 13 and round 17? Um, I'm not too concerned about 17 at the moment because if you have a full 17 in round 13, um, I think you have to use the absolute max trades and have no injuries whatsoever, and you, you'll only just be able to field um, 17 if, 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 if so. Um, um, yeah, so 17 on a park round 13, and the score of the 25 of these eight players, and there's only eight trades um, between then and round 17. Is it there not, or do you get an extra couple just before then? You got an extra couple, um, but yeah, it's it's still yeah. pretty tight. Um, so it's still a pretty hard one to navigate. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. So to, to answer your question, mate, I'm going hammer and tong to have a full 17 in, in round 13. Um, um, no, no point doing 15 and 15. I'd rather do 17 straight up than worry about the injuries and trying to have as many as I can later on. Yep. No, that's fair enough. I think I'm going to be aiming for um, between 15 to 16 players for each round um, and sort of have a solid 15 or maybe 16 if I get lucky for 13 and then probably 15 for around 17. Um, I think probably the number one thing for me, and it's similar to what you were saying about targeting guys, I think one of the biggest errors that um, coaches make, particularly inexperienced coaches that want to hit those buys hard, is that they wait until now or even like last week to start to look towards, okay, I've got to get my buy team ready. And that's just not enough. Um, that's just not enough time. And I'll tell you why. The number one thing that I do each year is that, like you mentioned, you know, before I even get my round one team together, um, you, you're having a look towards the buy. But once round one starts, I've got a list of all the guys that are like round 13 targets and I'll separate them yeah. and say, here's my list of keeper, gun, round 13 targets. And all of those guys, it might be, you know, six or seven guys, the Tamalolos, the Fafitas, whoever wasn't in my side round one, they're all on my watch list. And as soon as any of those guys, whether it's round three, five, seven, bottoms out, I'm getting them in that week. Because the problem is that if you want all those guys on your side for round 13 and you wait until now, you're just not going to have the cash to be able to do it. Like someone like Andrew Fafita, for instance, um, I bought him at about $150,000 less than he is now. Tomalolo um, will be $200,000 almost more than what his starting price was. Um, uh, sorry, than what he was five weeks ago when he was two hundred grand discount on his starting price. So... You just can't get all those guys in at the last minute. You really have to do it gradually for me, and that's sort of the number one thing that I kind of aim to do. Yeah, agree. Um, good strategy. Um, um, the last couple of years, though, it's been one of those frustrating ones, though, so where you, you feel the full-strength team is 17, and then you, there's a couple of players that you don't have that are you know, sort of 150K that end up scoring a tonne, and... <laughs> Someone, someone gets a lucky captaincy choice and uh, a team of 12 pretty much scores exactly the same as your 17. <laughs> so not exactly what you're saying. But, but yeah, so number one rule, quality over quantity for that one. And then if you can really plan for the back half of the bias, that's where you make your, make your leap to. The, uh, everyone seems to uh, try to plan for the, fir- for the first half and then in, in injuries and not having enough cash flow and trades at the back end means uh, the old dual Right around 17, 18 really hurts, but probably not as much this year, but it, it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard, and it is a, it is easier this year, like you mentioned, Billy, um, but I think it's almost gotten to a point now where it's sort of, 
because it's so much easier than what it used to be and there's only the two rounds, I think a lot of people are kind of taking a bit more of a back seat with it. So now it's actually going to be more yeah. challenging than what it should be. Yeah, one more point, um, and we'll get ripping into this so we don't bore everyone. Is, um, if you have a look at the, the origin rounds and the turnarounds, there's a lot of short um, turnaround, uh, like three, four days for a lot of the origin guys. So a lot of the guys... Your Jerbos and your Turbos are going to be backing up with short turnarounds. So it is quite likely that even if you did have a, a full-strength team and, and kept those sort of quality guys for the middle run, they might see reduced minutes or they might be nursing nursing an injury. It, it might be worthwhile just um, necking ne- a couple of your top, top-tier players like um, Jerbo and Munster and you know just, just selling them off quality guys that are fresh and can handle that middle run and trading them back post-18. Post but... It'll be interesting to see what, what strategy ends up working and who scores and who doesn't, hey? Yeah, well, and I, I actually really like that point that you made. I um, I like that strategy as well. I'm not really in the position with the roster that I've got this year, but in years past, if I had somebody who... Uh, well, Munster's a good example. If I had a Munster um, this year, you know, he might be someone who you say, well, you know, I'm going to bite the bullet and just sell him now if he was at his peak. And just use that cash if I thought that I'd be able to buy him cheaper down the track. Um, and you could do that with a lot of guys. And I know a lot of good coaches that'll go and sell a heap of keepers. And um, they'll do it strategically, so it won't be everybody. But people will turn around and say, what, what the hell are you doing? But they've done really well in the past when I've watched them do it. Um, they'll, they'll sell keepers for a six-week period and just aim to get them in um, cheaper at around round sort of 18 and then just hammer the run home with the side that they want. So it is a juggling act, though, and this Man, year more than ever, it's hard. I've been waiting for months at the peak all year. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Just quickly, I think uh, this year's example would be uh, Widdop at the start of the season. Oh, yeah. Last year's example would be uh, would be um, Rapana when he hit that a massive score then went on a... On a um, on uh, some killer low scores, and then people bought him back again, and he, and he started pumping again. So Lafay, another example here, a one fifty, a one hundred, and yeah, then just died in the ass. So anyway, let's uh, let's start ripping into it, mate. Otherwise, we'll be here three hours. Yeah. Um, so looking towards round thirteen, let's start our market watch. And the traded in guy who's number one on the list at the moment is. Traded in by a mile more than the second most traded in guy. Um, Alexander Brimson um, is over 21% of coaches trading him in at the moment. Bottom dollar, 165k. Halfback 5'8 jewel coming up to his uh, third game. His numbers um, are pretty decent. Um, I mean, he's gotten 53 points last week against Newcastle. He only got 30 points the week before. Um, it's a bit of a tricky one. He's he's a good buy, but for me, he's um, coming up to his third game, so you've got to get him now. But he misses round 13, which is a bit of a... I guess it's a little bit of a killer in his value. It's certainly a dampener where you're going to get a guy for one week for a rise and then have to miss out on having him the next week. Yeah, he's break even is only negative 30 or 35, so... And um, last week's scoring included a line break try right at the last minute. So you take that up and you just punch another 30. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, mate. I'm not going to get him this week. Um, not because I don't want to. Um, it's just that I just want to... I need need, need the, the full four trades for the next couple of weeks to guarantee a, 
uh, a full 17 or a full squad for that first buy round because there's no guarantee that Fafita or Cook are going to be there. So you've, you've got to deal with that. And blokes like Nichol, Nichols could not show up. Crichton could get, sorry, Crichton <laughs> could get selected. So, so that there's no guarantee who's going to show up, mate. So you need to use all your energy into making sure you've got solid players now. So for me, he's a, um, he's a pass and pick up, um, take the small price hit, hopefully, and uh, pick him up round 14 instead, mate. Yeah, I, I'm with you, except I probably won't ever pick him up at all. I'm just going to pass altogether. Um, not because he's not not a good buy. Yeah, he looks like a solid player. I mean, he, when you watch him on the field, he looks better than what his super coach scores suggest. But um, look, I'll tell you why I'm going to pass on him and a bit of a strategy that I have. Um, and you can tell me if I'm crazy or wrong. But um, one of the things that I sort of see guys doing that I think is a mistake is that you see a lot of coaches... Just buy, 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 buy on any cheapie that comes in. Um, and that's fine for the first six or eight weeks of the season. But we're approaching the first buy in the midway point. And at this point of the season, for me, I have a look at what my team value is, how many more trades I actually need to make, how many more keepers that I need to get in. And like right now, I just don't need another cashy. I've got um, two or three really good cashies that are going to peak in a few weeks or a month. And I've only got two or three keepers that I want to get in really without, you know, looking at some nice to have type of things. Um so I don't I don't need him. I'm I'm just under twelve and a half million on my team value. And you know, I'm travelling along pretty well at this point. I've hit a lot of the cashies already. There's a point where for me, Billy, there's you know, you can have too many cashies that you chase and then all of a sudden you're not getting the points and you've kind of wasted a bit of your time. Oh yeah, but he he wouldn't be playing in your team but but I know what you're saying. He's He's taking up a, a slow burning um, spot on the bench. Um, he's also burning a trade too. So, um, look, you got one, one point to remember. There is, look, he did play Melbourne Storm first game. There's no way in hell that he's, he was ever going to do anything there. Yeah. Um, I think Arrow, Arrow was at that game too. Um, last week he played Knights. Um, uh, Knights at home. That, that was a high high scoring affair too. So he did score a try. Fifty three looks not too bad. I, I think there's a bit of value in him, but I agree with what you're saying. Um, there's no absolute no need to downgrade. A lot of teams are full strength by now, and there's going to be plenty of other sort of cashes pop up. Um, down, down, or not plenty of others, but you would think a couple more down the track. So, yeah, um, I'm not going to touch him, but round 14, reevaluate and uh, see, see what's an offer then, I think. Yeah, I mean, for you, if you're going to reevaluate round 14, the other good thing is. On the flip side of everything I said, he does play round 17, so he does have that value too, where he's still probably going to be making money in round 17 and he's going to be a number for you. Honestly, mate, I think his significant value is a cash out for JT in round 14, and you use that, you're like, you're a decent downgrade to play. You can leave him in NPR to rot. Um, he's dual, so if, if you've got another dual in, at 5 8 or at, yeah, at 5 8 you can switch him around to secondary cover so you don't have to end up starting him. Um, and, yeah, yeah the, he basically just allows you that, that cash out from, from JT so you can use that coin to go straight up to Arrow maybe. Yep. Um, and speaking of JT, that's a really good segue into our next guy. The second most traded in guy is only just over 4%. And I actually like him um, a little bit more maybe. Um, and that's... TMM, T. Marie Martin at the Cowboys. Um, it's come out that he's now been named at, um, in the halves again after the late change last week. And uh, Morgan is at fullback. Um, 
I guess comparing the two, the, the one thing is that Martin's job security isn't as secure as what Brimson's is, so that's one thing. But he is only 180k. Um, he's got around an, just about an even BE, and that's going to become a negative BE pretty soon because he's been on the bench up until last week. Um, so didn't have a good showing last week. He only scored 23 points in 80 minutes in his first stint, but I tend to feel like he'll get better. And he is also someone who plays round 13, which is the key for me when you're comparing the two. Um, probably going to make the same type of money, potentially. And this guy plays round 13 and, and Brimson doesn't. So, you know, I don't see Brimson being four or five times better, as the trading numbers suggest, than what Martin is. Yeah, agree. Um, I was all in agreement with you until about 30 minutes ago. Um, I went and had a look at his 2000 and oh, sorry, his numbers with um, Panthers, and he he had a few 70 scores in there that kind of excited me a little a little bit more to get him in. And then um, I was just chatting to a bloke about 30 minutes ago, and yeah, he said um, he pointed out that he actually played two 80 minute games in the first couple of rounds this year. So yeah, um, it's he's actually he's actually got three three games in the six jersey this year for a 45, a 22, and a 23. So. That's gets kind of scared me off him a little bit. I think I'll just um, pass there a little bit, or maybe maybe hold maybe hold off and chuck on Norman there next week after after the Broncos game at fullback. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't. I'm not too enthused by Martin either. But I guess if you're looking at him as a 35 average, and that's not appealing. Uh, I mean, I don't think Brimson's that much better, really. So they're both kind of similar. This is a classic example of quality over quantity. Don't cash out just for the sake of it. Maybe, yep. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe look to cash out someone or someone else. Like, uh, like this is just the first name that popped into my head. But you know, um, let's let's pretend he isn't playing fullback. Like he's he's, he's stuck on centre three quarter, and and Johnson's out for another four weeks, and he doesn't play the first buy. If he had like, if he had a large beer, he'd be the type of bloke that you could. You know, get get rid of for a um, uh, a, a Gutherson type in, um, instead. There's no reason why you need to go straight for a uh, um, a six replacement for uh, yeah, a number six or seven replacement. Yep. And the other thing when we're talking about Brimson and and Martin is that there's um there is a lot of good options already uh, for thirteen, and your number six can very easily just be your AE guy or your loop guy for the round as well, um, which I think that you're looking yeah. at around. Around uh, your number six or your number nine in your team, I think that those are the two prime. Um, just take an AE or, or use them as your loop for um, the captaincy VC option. So, yeah, completely forgot about that. Um, this is going to be the, the same problem for a lot of people that own um, um, Cook, Cook and Smith up the top, and Teddy, Teddy Turbo down the bottom, or even if Ponga gets selected as a, as, a, as an interchange, um, like, like a benchy for Queensland, um, you, you can't have two AEs, so um, that's a concern as well. I think a lot of teams might only be fielding sixteen if um, Cook and Ponga get named. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. My plans will be destroyed if Ponga's named. I'm really hoping that he doesn't. I don't think that he will be. I think that he'll be um, 18th man myself. I think they'll bring him into camp for the experience and stuff because they'll want. I mean, they've got to have Morgan and Munster in the team, and I just sort of think that Ben Hunt's kind of um, demanded selection, hasn't he? So Morgan's probably a really good um, bench yeah. utility for him. Yeah, probably. I think you're right there, Mike. 
So um, next one on the list, mate, is a guy that might have gotten away from a few people, uh, Reese Martin for the Bulldogs. Um, he's gone up 116k this week with his first rise, but we've still got 3.5% of coaches that have traded him in so far. Um, but he had a stellar 85 points on the weekend, so he's still got a negative BE of negative 35 or 38, sorry. Um, so he still looks like a decent buy. If you missed out on him, I'm all for grabbing him now because minus 38 well, is fantastic. 100%, mate. He's the type of guy that you just want to chuck in your team based on um, based on his numbers. And he's, actually, actually, here's a question for you. Um, I wasn't sure about this one. He was listed at the start at uh, Lock last week. Did he switch to um, edge again or like the, pre- like the previous week? Or did he actually play Lock? Ooh. I didn't actually see this week's Bulldogs game. It was like the only game I missed, so I can't tell you. Um, Someone said he, I was following an argument, um, or sorry, a discussion on edge <laughs> and, um, about, about him playing playing uh, edge. But I thought he I thought he played um, the thirteen. But any, anyway, yeah, he, he chucked up eighty minutes and and those numbers without without any attack. It was brilliant. So um, yeah, chuck him in the same boat um, as a as a Arrow and TPJ with eighty minutes, mate. Those boys look absolutely solid. Yeah, one of the great things about him on the weekend is he got five offloads, and I didn't think he was that much of an offloader, so I was quite surprised. And one of the offloads was a linebreak assist as well. So, I mean, 82 points, 51 points, 79 points. He's performing better than probably half of our keepers, if not all of them, <laughs> depending on your side. And he's only 280K, <laughs> and he's got the, the negative BE, so he's half the price for better output at the moment. So, I... Uh, I even, even if he had... Sorry, yeah. No, no, I was just saying I, I don't know how anyone didn't get him last week, mate. Uh, I think there was a couple of dilemmas last week. There, there might have been a a, uh, a couple of players with a large uh, negative Bs and some might have looked at him and gone, oh, look, he's not playing, he's not playing 13. I desperately, desperately, desperately need um, a filler there. Um, some people might, might have lost interest, I don't know, but I think most people I know sort of picked him up, so... Yeah, even even if you don't have him, um, and you only think he's going to average fifty for the rest of the year, still a good buy. Just get him. Yeah, covers 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 the next buy, and at his price, you can't miss out. No, you can't miss out. He's one of those ones. He's a Angus Crichton. You've got to get on him now. Um, so the next guy we're going to talk about is another guy that might have been missed out the first time around, and that's Mahe Fanua. He went up seventy eight k prior to last week, and then sensationally got dropped for disciplinary reasons. Um, but watching his third game, he went out there like a man possessed and was a man of the match performance. If I didn't have him, 343k, plays around 13, still a negative BE, uh, I think you could do a lot worse. And I think it's kind of the same boat as um, as Martin. I would be um, I would be getting him in, particularly because he does play around 13. Oh, mate. He looked bloody brilliant on the field too. He, he was... Every time he... Um, did, um, did you see the game? Yeah, I did. He was sensational. Every um, every time he took the, uh, took the ball from from dummy from dummy half on the left hand side, it was a faked fake pass to the forwards. Hit up himself. He just kept going eight meters. <laughs> it was a super coach's dream. Mate. He just kept taking the ball and running, oh. and uh, at every single opp- at every single opportunity, try to try to kick off one defender for a TB and always look for that off for that offload. So. Yeah, he's really exciting to watch, mate, and I, I wouldn't even be waiting for round 13. I'd be just chucking him in your team straight away. 
Yeah, look, he. I tell you who he reminds me of, and some of the some of the younger kids listening might not um not might not remember who this is, but Matty Utai from the Bulldogs. I reckon he's a he's a lot like Matty Utai. Yeah, similar mould. He's um check the numbers out as well. He's averaging sixty five points, and he's only scored one try in his three games. So it's not like he's a winger that's averaged sixty five with two or three tries either. Um, he's probably the the anti fox. I'm going to call him. Um, Ado Carr will go around and need to score. He's sort of he's double to get to seventy points sometimes, um, and scores all these tries, especially this year. Whereas uh, Fanua, the anti fox, he um, he does the opposite. He doesn't need any of the tries or score any of the tries, and he still gets to 65, 70 points. So he's uh, he could end up being a um, which I think you mentioned a few pods ago, or maybe Perso did. He could end up being a keeper for you at the moment in the centre wing, and that's that's gold when he plays around 13 and he's guaranteed to make money anyway. You sort of can't lose on him unless, of course, he doesn't turn up to training again and gets dropped. But aside from that, mate, he looks good. Mate, if you said to me at the beginning of the year that I would have two 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 Tigers um, centre three-quarters in my team as my guns, I'd be considering dropping Rapala, and I would have had like a 60-minute um, Madison in my back line. I would have laughed at you. Oh, for sure. Look, I think that if any of us spoke about who is currently in our centre wings pre-season, none of us would be speaking to each other. So it's um, it's a maybe bit of a funny fun. season. Maybe that's funny. why we're in <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on. Um, off uh, for Nua, another guy that we'll just touch on briefly because I don't understand it too much. Katoni Staggs uh, made his debut for the Broncos on the weekend. And, look, he did sensational. Um, and he looked really good. He's only rookie priced, but 3% of coaches have traded him in, and he's only played the one game so far for a good score of 65 points, admittedly. He's not got um, his spot bunkered down by any means. Um, I don't know why guys aren't waiting um, for him to play another game and to have a look at him after that, especially with round 13 coming up. It really doesn't make any sense to me why he's at 3%. Well, I think um, I think you're wrong, wrong on one count. I think he does have his spot cemented. Although I think people buying him probably forget that that's actually off the bench. He only he only, he only came on the third minute because of injury. So yeah, I'd be reversing that trade really quickly. He's only going to get 20 minutes at the most, or quite quite possibly two or three minutes. Maybe not even get on the field at all. He's just an emergency. Yeah, I I wouldn't be getting him right now. That's for sure. I don't think he's a good buy at all. But um, we're going to move on. We're going to move on, Billy, from our, um, our I guess money makers and cash cows to some of the other guys that are sort of on the watch list and potential tradings for this week, edging towards the buy and also trading in points. Which with everyone jumping for the cash guys, it's often forgotten that you need to trade in some good point scorers as well sometimes. Um, and the first guy I'm going to throw up for you is Luke Keery. Um And I'm going to do that assuming that he's probably not going to play Origin um, and that he's now got a slight negative BE and the next three teams that the Roosters have. Gold Coast this weekend, that's one of the main reasons that I'd be looking at him. Um, West Tigers after that in the buy round of round 13 and then Newcastle, which is a pretty decent three-week slate. He scored 96 points against the Broncos last round, 56 a week before that, 28 was subpar, but he had 59 before that. So 
His four-round average is pretty good. It's around 70-something. And for the year, he's still averaging 54. Um, looking towards round 13, just um, a shade over 400K, at around 430K, sorry. He, um, he looks like a decent pot option, maybe, to look at round 13. Well, yeah, sure. He's a um, decent shout, mate. Um, only problem is that he's only he's, he's only available at five eighths, and um, yeah, I think you'll find a lot of coaches are sort of there's a lot of five eighth options out there. So you'd probably have to drop someone significant or get rid of a bum like Milford that's, that's uh, not performing. Um, I know a few people have um, Walker there, they're not, and they're not going to drop him. So I think the fact he's just stuck in that one probably hurts a bit. But if you've got space, he's a He's a and that, that draw, like you said, mate. I, I hadn't looked at him uh, that um, that closely, but um, yeah, good sneaky option there, mate. Nice spot. Yeah, thanks, mate. I think six percent of teams have got him at the moment as well, so he's definitely a pod. I think he was spoken about quite a bit, uh, maybe a month ago, and then I think a lot of guys got turned off when he threw up um, a stinker and um, just the roosters weren't really clicking. But the fact that the roosters are clicking now, and really the fact that he plays round thirteen and you get a Titans game before it. Um, and at his price tag, uh, yeah, I, I, I find him pretty appealing, actually, as a bit of a pod. If you've got the room, like you said, that's the big one. Yeah, he did, did he's, um, he start, uh, you would have thought that he was going to go on a tear coming up against um, uh, Bulldogs, Manly and, and New Zealand. But he, they're, the, they're the games that they didn't really perform. Um, like, he only scored 19 versus New Zealand in round three, uh, 56 versus New Zealand. Yeah. You never know when he's going to strike. So, uh, look if, if he's got, honestly, if he's got the Titans coming up and, he, and he's going to play a, a depleted team in round um, uh, thirteen, whoever it is, even though he has Cordero, he's going to have a lot of those um, uh, Kiwi forwards still moving, still rolling forward for him. So, um, yeah, a definite pod, mate. Yeah, um, another pod that we can talk about as well, looking towards round thirteen, uh, is your friend Clint Gutherson. One of your old favourites, mate. He um, he started to look a little bit better, and he's also gotten named in the six jumper this week. Um, so the last two weeks, back to back sixty point scores, which is you know the first real Gutho signing this year, uh, six games in. Um, he's priced at only four hundred twenty odd k. Uh, got a lowish break even in the twenties. Um, I know that you did some stats on him playing at number six, and I think that his average came out at around 60 last year in limited um, sample size. Uh, yeah, something something like that, I think it was. I can't remember. Um, I did it this afternoon. Um, honestly, before before today, I wasn't really interested. Um, I do prefer him in the fullback position, although the, the reason I was so excited last year was based off the fact that he was running and tackle-busting moving from the wing to fullback where he was going to get um, uh, more points based against his um, his price value to start the season and also goal-kicking. So that was his appeal last year. Um, the fact that he's back from that injury and doesn't doesn't seem to be running um, as running and tackle-busting uh, as much. He's lost the goal-kicking. Um, yeah, he scored, I was going to say, he only scored 60 last week, but he scored 60 with um, a try and and a try, and a try assist. So there's not really much of a base there. Um, the fact that he's uh, playing six and he's going to be touching the ball two, two to three times a set probably has me a little bit more interested, um, only because he's available at seven three quarter. So 
I think versus the Eels, oh, sorry, not versus the Eels, I think versus the Broncos um, in Queensland this week with a highish break even, he, he's probably a guy that you could sit back and watch for a week, um, see, um, see how he goes. Um, uh, then then next week, um, yeah, if he, if he starts looking good, then bring him in Bring him in next week when he, when he drops a little bit of coin. Him, him and Norman are uh, big, watch, big watches this week. Yeah, he's only got a BE of twenty two, mate. So he's um he's probably going to be going up. Ah, uh, okay, us. sorry, sorry, but, sorry. Norman was the one with a high break even, but I think even so, I'd probably still prefer to um uh, sit and sit and watch a week. Just um just take a hit, take a hit on the coin, make sure make sure he's performing. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, I'm I haven't I was interested last year, but this year coming back from the injury. But the main thing that I've said to a lot of people is I've got no interest because he's not goal kicking. Because last year his goal kicking made sure that he had a really good floor. Um, without the goal kicking this year, I really haven't been interested. But I thought that he looked a lot better um, last weekend, and I'm curious how he'll go um, at the six jersey, getting his hand on the ball a lot more. So I'm going to be watching with quite a bit of interest, and I might end up. Brown. Yeah, Brown will be back next week too, hopefully. Yeah, and that should help him. I mean, do you see um, Gutherson, you know, blossoming in that number six, and the Eels sticking with a Norman at one and a Gutherson at six? Yeah, he did a good job there last year. He he was only moved to accommodate um, a full strength spine um, when um, when what's his name came back. Um, so uh, look. Uh, a guy of his caliber playing in the six jersey uh, in, in a position where he can get a lot of crunch attack every single uh, every, every single set rolling forward that's available at centre three quarter. I think that's the appeal. Even if he, even if he only scores forty five um, fifty a week, um, it's a higher floor than any other center, than a lot of other centre three quarters that you have. So yeah, that, that that's the appeal for me. Yep. Well, you mentioned another guy there, Corey Norman. So it's a good segue. Um, I don't think he's a buy, but um, I think he's he's on my watch list for sure. Um, he's, I noticed after you mentioned him, mate, that he's um, in the last two months he's only actually he's never scored below a thirty-seven, and he's only scored um, below fifty twice in those eight games. Uh, that's that's pretty good at five eight, and I tend to think that he's going to have more involvement um, from fullback and get running a bit more, which is probably an area of his game that is lacking in him running the ball enough times in a game. Yeah, but he's he's not available at centre three quarter, and that's that's the position that you, I'm really sort of concerned about. Um, you could get you could, you could just get um, you know a, a cheapie to tie over for, for one round, like TMM, if, if you wanted to, and pray that he scores something, and then just go straight to a bloke, a bloke like a, a Cleary um, post um, Cleary or Johnson in in round fourteen, which you know is going to have a, a higher upside. So. Um, but yeah, just going back on on the numbers, um, I think it was off the top of my head the ones I looked at. Um, Norman playing at fullback in 2015 uh, had three games um, uh, for a score of 65, a score of 55, and a score of 45. But 45 was off 61 minutes. There was a couple, two line break assists, uh, two try assists, and I think about sort of 25 points in hit ups and six points per game in tackle bus. So. If he repeats that, you're probably looking at um, you know, sort of 40 points, 40, 40 points a game without sort of doing too much. But I think um, based off those numbers, he sort of would have averaged about sort of 60. So um, yeah, if he start, if he if he if he gels with um, Gutherson, um, then yeah, look, 
I wouldn't shy away from it from uh, uh, an easiest an easiest sort of sixty points on round thirteen. So yeah, you still got to watch out for him. If he looks good this week, um, he um, for the round thirteen buy trade ins. I'll give you a scenario. He's going to be sub five hundred probably. Um, would you dump Milford for him? Uh, no, I'm going to dump um, Munster. Oh, that's a fair call. Yeah, for Munster owners, he um, so he could be a pretty good um, move from a Munster to a Norman for round thirteen. That could work out quite well. And this is one of those ones too where yeah. I, I, I'm looking at guys like um, uh, TMM and um, Brimson and, and these halves that you can downgrade. Um, I I don't I would almost upgrade with the halves most of the time just because there's so many points there and opportunities. So I'd rather probably go up to a Corey Norman than down to a, a Martin or a Brimson. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. That's the route I'll go. I think. I think I'll just um, turn JT into Brimson and um, Munster into uh, Norman. Um, I know Milford hasn't been performing, but just let him let him sit there as an NPR, do nothing, and then hopefully his form comes good and um, you can play him round um, yeah, uh, round round seven round seventeen. I'm going to throw another guy out there just for our, um, well, Norman's a watch list. This other guy. You might want to actually get on if you're not looking towards the buys or you're pretty well for the buys covered at the moment. Your mate TPJ, who you were crowing about um, pre-season, got 80 minutes on the weekend and he absolutely tore it up. How sensational was he? Yeah, unbelievable, mate. He, um, I did, I, watching the game, I was excited about him uh, making runs. I wasn't sure. I didn't think he would score um, that high. I uh, did have a couple of sneaky bets on him that score any time at six bucks fifty. I was, <laughs> I was hanging for that when I come over, but um, yeah, he just um, mate. Uh, even though he's playing edge, the the guy is uh, running it. Um, guys are a little bit smaller. He's running off Milford tip. He's running off 80, 80 minutes as opposed to um, fifty in the middle. Um, maybe he might not play eighty minutes. Um, <laughs> he might not play 80 minutes this week. There were a lot of stoppages last week, which allowed him to sort of catch his breath a little bit. But generally, most edges sort of play 80. So um, it, even if he was up to play sort of 60, 65, you take 65 from an animal like that run, um, running at edges, mate. He's, um, he's, he's captaincy material, in, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I love him. It's It's so much fun owning him because there's so many things that he does on the field and with his offloads and attack. I actually prefer him on the edge because he's going to get 80 minutes, it looks like, on the edge, um, as opposed to Bennett stuffing around with his minutes and giving him 42 minutes sometimes in the middle. Um, and the yeah. other thing, too, is think his he, attack's great. Yeah, I think he gets... Um, he's not afraid to use that offload a little bit more on the edge because in, in the middle... Um, I think after that, after that first round when he had like five or six offloads in the first game, everyone got so excited. He, he basically said straight after the game in the, in, the, in the interview, sorry to all my super coaches, but you know next week I think I'm going to have to tuck that uh, tuck that ball away and just just uh, get rid of the loose carries and just make make some meters and that's what he did. But now that he's on the edge, he probably doesn't need to tuck that uh, tuck that away. It's, it's a license to open up a little bit more for those um, guys to get get in the corner because that's his job now. It's not just making meters. It's all about creating that creating a little bit more um, that passing game. Yeah, and I'll, look, I'll be honest. I think that he's in their top two or three players, um, creati- creativity wise for their attack. Um, I think that their attack takes a massive hit without him doing that. And 
um, on the edge, aside from the points that you mentioned, he's just got room in the middle. It gets a bit more congested, and he's got a lot of big forwards around him or moving up on him or, you know, wrestling him. Um, on the edge, he can get his arm free a hell of a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually think if you're set for the buys at the moment or you're pretty well planned for the buys or you don't want to have too many players in that buy or you're a head-to-head person, 480k he is at the moment, dual front row, second row forward. And he's got a 22 BE. So for me, it's sort of not now or never, but if you don't get him now, I don't know if you're going to get him cheaper anytime soon in the next couple of months. And he is someone who's going to play around 17. So if you're looking ahead, you know, he's in my team and I'm not trading him out. I'm keeping him and he's going to be around 17 cover for me. And I'd potentially be looking at buying him this week even. Yeah, and he's got he's playing at home this week versus the Eels. He's got Milford giving him that potential short ball, and and if he, if he gets through and gets one away, he's he's, um, he's got Roberts who's now switched sides on the left, so um, he gets one away to Roberts. No one's going to catch him, and there's that LBA TS. Yep. Well, moving moving along to the end of our uh, buys, we got our Smoky buy of the week. So Smoky buy of the week, as always, there's a little bit of risk with this one. We um, I talked up Dugan a few weeks ago, and he was going great in the 60s, and then he hurt himself and went off injured. But Michael Cheekham, he's been named um, on the edge for the Tigers after having a great week last week uh, playing in the centres. He's got a 52 BE, so you don't need to get him now. Maybe you can have a watch. But I tell you what, I'm pretty excited, Billy. 412,000. Nobody's going to pick this guy. He's going to play round 13. It looks like Robbie Rocco's on the outer, um, and Cheekam, if he keeps that edge spot, uh, he looks pretty exciting, and his numbers, um, he's basically a PPM of a one, of one, one point per minute, and if he just keeps getting those 80-minute games, you're going to expect the regression, but last week, in the number four jersey, he threw out 56 points, um, other sample sizes... You know, in the number 16 jersey, he still managed to play 73 minutes in round nine because of injury, and he threw up 74 points. Uh, 57 minutes in round three in the 16 jersey off the bench, he threw up 64 points. So everything seems to suggest to me that when this guy gets minutes, he's going to score points, and he's got one of those games that really um, really lends itself to good super coach scoring, a little bit like an Osan Masters. Yeah, true, mate. Um, I was I was on the exactly the same page as you on this afternoon. I went and had a look at some of his scores from the last couple of years. Though in the twelve jersey, it wasn't wasn't that ex- as exciting. Um, he does offer he, he does offer a lot when when he, when he gets going, but um, I think he's not exactly that cheap either. I think he's four twelve. Um, what did you say? Four twelve. Yeah, he, he's in that. Um, Bit awkward. That awkward position is, yeah. <laughs> Do you or don't you? Um, and he's not the type of bloke that you would want to play in, um, in between. He's, he's not a Masters or a Fenella that you would want to play uh, with any sort of comfort either. So um, if you were going to get him, I think he's one of those, like you said, that, that's why you put him as a smoky pod. He's a, he's a smoky pod you, you, you get who's, who's going who's gonna to um, fill, fill a position at seventh three quarter playing in the 12 jersey. Might actually uh, get a couple of decent scores, but yeah, you'd be um, you'd be you'd be saying your prayers on this one a little bit, and hoping you hoping he gets a little bit of attack behind him. Oh, for sure. I'm going to give you two more points though, because I'm I'm selling myself hardcore on this guy today. Um, their draw, 
Bulldogs depleted Roosters in round 13. Sharks, Raiders, Gold Coast Titans, then they have their bye. That's a pretty good draw. Um, three out of five of those are at home. Uh, on top of that, the second point that I was going to make is he's a dual second row centre wing. So if you had a, a Ryan Madison in the centre wing spot and this guy in the second row forward spot, it also gives you a bit of flexibility there too. So those were a couple of things that I also noticed that were um, quite appealing too. Yeah. Here it is. I'm just going back. So he's got four, one, two, three, four. Five, six. He's got seven 80-minute games last year for an average of 42. Um, only one left side, center, right side, center. He's got one listed at second row, and that was for 47. Um, was versus North North Queensland, though, so maybe make of that what you will. Um, 30, 39 in base, 10 in evade, so... Very, very, very small sample size, but I can see why you're getting a little bit excited. There's some potential there. Um, not enough evidence for me, but mate, I think I'll pass that one. I'm going to be thinking about it hard for the next week, and uh, maybe he'll be my by by round 13 pod hand grenade that I'll just throw out there and <laughs> see how we go. But we'll move on from Michael Cheekham. Um, he does have a lot of risks, so guys, if you're going to do it and he doesn't go well, yeah, that's why he's a pod, hand grenade pod. There's a lot of risk with him. Um, but we'll move on to the outs. Nice, nice, nice to see that rumour finally come to fruition. He's been a myth for about four years now. Well, that's the other thing that I find appealing. I don't mean to stay on you know, the Michael Cheekham train, but he was very highly touted coming through the grades. And when he debuted, you know, everyone was... Um, a lot of good judges like rated him in pretty high regard and thought that this kid was going to really be something. And I think that he had some injuries and uh, then you know was in and out of the first grade side. And he just didn't really get the opportunity then. So you know sometimes it takes three or four years for these kids to come through and actually learn what they need to do. Um, and that's why I'm sort of throwing away some of those 80 minute scores last year because I feel like watching him this year, his games matured quite a bit and he sort of knows the player that he is at the NRL level. So. Yeah, anyway, we'll move on. We can't talk about Michael Cheekham too long. People will get upset. Um, so let's have a look at the sales, mate. We've got um, a guy that was uh, pretty heavily sold last week um, who's getting pretty sold, highly sold again this week in uh, Kikau. Um, he's the third most sold at the moment at 5.4%, but, I mean, the top couple of guys are Lachlan Croker, who's injured at 10%, and Riley Jacks, who... I think you probably should have cashed out of before now anyway at 7.6%. So, Billy Kikau, 5.4% of coaches are getting rid of him this week. He has been named on the bench again. I'm one of those coaches, Billy, who held last week because, to me, he had a 56 BE. The guy's been a beast, and Penrith have got that many injuries. I just sort of expected someone else to get hurt last week, and he'd be starting again, and I didn't think it would cost me anything just to wait and see. Uh, but 68 BE this week... Um, do you think that you can hold him any longer to see, or you reckon that the the Billy Kikau money train has ended? Oh, it hasn't ended, mate. Um, if you if you can honestly hold and not not put yourself um, uh, short in round, in round thirteen, then yeah, he's, he's a de- decent hold, especially since uh, you bought him at a cheap price and he he plays seventeen. But it's a lot. It's a long time to hold. Um, I think a lot of coaches last week were. Um, um, watching him come on at the 20-minute mark, whatever whatever it was, or 30-minute mark, and 
praying that he didn't go over the uh, go over the line because Gigi he looked really dangerous and he looked like he was going to bust a, bust over a couple of times. So that uh, 30 skill was uh, very 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 closely looking like a, a 70 75 a couple uh, a couple of points throughout that game. So he's going to do it again. Just um, whether you think he's going to get over the line in the next two or three weeks or or not, that's all. Yeah, it was close to the 30th minute before he actually got thrown in the action. Um, Last week, was so it, was it an injury or did he just come on at 30 minutes? No, that was his normal rotation. It was around the 29th, 30th minute. Yeah. He just came on. That was just a normal rotation. Um, I think that the idea was that Hook was going to put him on there and he was just going to play out the game uh, for his 51 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, the, guy, the guy's got a the guy's a one one point um, PPM beast. So you would think that he's going to get. Um, you would think that he's going to get at least at the 50 each week. So he's not going to drop too much coin. And um, with Cleary and and, and Maloney in that team now, they, 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 they go looking for him at, at left. He's a, he's, a, he's a go-to guy when they get close to that line. So, um, And if there's an injury, he does tend to drop out to that um, uh, left centre position as well where he, where he can do some damage. So, look, if you don't need to drop him, I wouldn't do it. But it's a lot of coin to hold. Yeah, I'm going to be holding him myself, actually. Um, I... The thing that I like about it is um, teams are dropping him at a rate of knots at the moment, and it means that he's less and less owned. And when we get to that round 17 buy, um, he's going to be a pretty nice player to have. Um, and their draw leading up to it after the round 13 buy. Uh, Raiders, Roosters, who, whilst they're playing better, have still got a reasonably soft pack at the moment. Manly, New Zealand at home. Uh, Sharks at home is their third home game in a row. Um, to get past that 17 buy into round 18. So they don't have a bad run of games. And, I mean, look, looking at his scores, I mean, he's just played so well. And watching the game on the weekend, Billy, I, I looked at it going, he could have, Billy Kikiak could have come away with a ton here if a couple of things went his way. He almost went through two or three times, got over the line for a try, which was um, yeah, sigh of relief for everyone who sold him or anyone that benched him like me. He genuinely could have got 80, 90 points very easily last week. And he played like a guy to me that was playing to get his um, starting jumper back. So I don't know if in two weeks um, the Panthers will be able to afford to leave him on the bench um, with the way he played. Yeah, I wouldn't leave him on the bench, but I'm not the coach, mate. And he doesn't play next week. So um, happy sell for me. Um, easy buyback later. Yeah, fair if enough. Be. I can't blame anyone for selling him. So even though I said that I'm going to be holding him, yeah, no. He's a very fair sell for everyone. I'm just um, going to be a little bit different, um, and I don't need to sell yeah, him. So, one thing that's going to say very quickly: um, I see a lot of comments um, saying, "You know, um, a trade is worth uh, 100k, and are oh, you stupid for selling him?" Guys, girls, you get 36 trades. That's what they're for. Use them. I, 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 will, I will more than happily burn at least two or three trades during this Origin period, just selling one of my guns like Monster bring in someone like Norman and then selling Norman straight back to Munster the week after. I'd, I'd happily do that if it meant getting 50, 60, 70 points for one game. you gotta, you got to remember, it's not, not everything is just about cash. you got to get points too. And if you can get you know, 60 points um, as opposed to zero points, then you, know, you divide that 60 points over the remaining, the remaining number of rounds for the rest of the season. That's basically increasing the value of one player by you know, three or four points per game. You, sometimes you just got to use those trades um, wherever you can, and it's not just all about cash. So for those thinking about uh, holding or selling kick-out, 
if you need that coin um, or you need those points, just do it. Yep. Fair call. Um, another guy on our most traded out list right below Kikau, um, and one of them is Bryce Cartwright, who we're not going to just we're not going to talk about. I don't want to ever hear his name again after this year. Um, the Fox Josh Adokar, <laughs> though. Yeah, the Fox is at 3% traded out at the moment. Um, he lost 13000 last weekend. He's made a whopping 235 k against his starting price. Um, and I dare say, Billy, um, looking at his numbers, he's going to be in the Origin team anyway. He's not going to be playing round 13 regardless. Um, and I think a lot of people expected a lot more against the Titans. He followed up his uh, three-round 120-point average with a 40 points in round 10 against the Gold Coast Titans and a 24 points last week against Manly in that debacle of a game. Um, 700 grand. If you if you got him in six weeks ago or something, surely you've got to cash him out at 700,000 right now. He's got a BE of 170-odd points. He's got to go. Yeah, take your points, take your coin and run. Be happy with uh, the astute purchase. You had big balls getting him in. Now it's uh, that's the easy part. Take your money and run. Except if you uh, got him in two weeks ago, like some people did, you uh, you still got a bit of cash. But geez, you'd be feeling pretty hurt, wouldn't you, having to trade him out now? Yeah, I know. But sometimes you just got to shake it off and go. You know what? There was a mistake. I made fifty k off it. The points were rubbish, but I'll take the fifty k and uh, use that to my advantage. So yep. just do that. Yeah, 100%. If anyone's out there like not wanting to do it, and I do it all the time, I only got this guy in two weeks ago, I don't really want to do it, I don't really want to get rid of him now, you just got to admit defeat, guys. Take your 50 grand. I did it with um, Sorensen from the Sharks last week. Um, took my 50 grand and just did it. It was a mistake. At least I got 50 grand out of it. We move on. Um, so he's one to definitely get rid of. Um, interestingly, um, a guy on this list who we weren't going to talk about, but He's the, um, at the moment, the eighth most traded player is Jonathan Thurston. Um, I kind of understand why, but he's playing around 13, so surely you'd just hold him, wouldn't you? Uh, you've got to remember, there's a lot of head-to-head players out there too, mate, and they're just jacking him, so they're just punting him, that's all. Um, maybe maybe they've looked at their head-to-head um, uh, coming up and decided they don't need him to beat whoever, so... So that that's fine. Um, for overall, I'd keep him there. It's only, it's only um, what two more rounds from here, and it's not like he's going to drop a crap load of coin. He's pretty much dropped dropped everything he's going to drop anyway. So yeah, yeah, two more weeks, just just, uh, just hold him and then punt him after that. So whoever you fancy. And the future immortal Robbie Rocco has a has a few percent trading him out at the moment. Um, he has been named out of the seventeen. And can I just tell you a story, Billy? I don't think that we spoke about this. I think me and Perso did, and Perso was laughing at the Tiger supporter. Um, probably about two months ago, I got rid of Rocco when he when he peaked, peaked, and um, there were some guys in uh, quite adamant discussions with me on some of the different pages and stuff, saying Robbie Rocco is not going to drop any money. He's going to be fine, and even if he drops twenty or thirty k, he'll make that up. He'll score 50 points every week, can't drop him, he's going to play round 13, and he has just leaked like a sieve, lost his minutes progressively, and now he's out of the 17. So that's why sometimes you just don't hold a guy for two months just because he plays round 13, and you just take your money and you run. Yeah, there's a few guys in that boat. Like, you look at blokes like uh, 
Nichols and think, oh, look, he, he's going to be an easy 40 points and they drop out of the team, then they're back in the team, then they're out, then they're in. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to um, make your decision early and stand by it. It's, it's, and it's not just, um, like you said, mate, it's not just about holding a guy for um, round 13. I mean, you've got to think what you can do with the money from that guy between now and round 13. I mean, Rocco is only ever going to score 40, 50 points, so you could quite easily make that up between now and then by using his coin to upgrade somewhere, somewhere else and then downgrade to some bum who's going to get you 40 or 50 points anyway. So, yeah, good decision, mate. Yeah, uh, looking at how he's going, mate, it'd be lucky to get 30 points, even if he was in the 17. So... <laughs> He's he, like busted. he is busted. We were so lucky to see that. It reminds me of the old Jack Reed eight week run where he made about three hundred grand and then went back to scoring eleven points a game. But uh, we digress. There isn't too many um, other trade outs, so it's a bit of a shallow market watch. There's not too many, um, certainly not too many cheapies to trade out that have peaked, and certainly not too many guys who. Um, have got really high BEs that you might want to um, trade out and get back in later or just give up on. Um, the only other one that we are going to touch on before we move on to the TLT is there's been a lot of talk the last two weeks on Anthony Milford. Um, I know you own him as well as I, um, and my take on him I think is pretty similar to yours. I um, I can understand why people are disappointed, but I'm going to hold, um, and I'm also looking towards uh, the, the round 17 buy even though round 13 is coming up. Round 17, like you mentioned, is really difficult. Um, and I don't think that you can... I know that with my team, with the planning I did, I can't have a good amount of players, like 15 players, unless I've got guys now, like Milford, who I'm just going to hold through and have for that round 17. TPJ is one, Milford the Titans, and there could be a hell of a lot of points in that. And that's a genuine captaincy for... TPJ or Milford in that game, or even a, um, a loop, depending on when they start. So uh, I, I'm looking at all these guys selling Milford, just thinking, you know what? You don't have to play him every week. You can even start to bench him. And round 17, um, if he's ever going to score a big score, it's going to be that week. And even if he doesn't, you know, 70 or 80 points in round 17 is probably worth double that in that buy round because it's just going to be so hard to navigate. So... That's why I'm kind of keeping him, um, and I don't really see any immediate options for me to to get rid of him. Yeah, I'm exactly the same boat, mate. Um, it's not just because of um, that round I want to keep him. I'm, I'm that far behind now that I, I, I need pods, and the only the only, the only way to call back points is to use the guys that the guys that the teams at the top have. And Milford's been going like a busted, so. I may, as well, may as well keep holding him and hope for a 150 soon, mate, because he's one of the very few people that can actually turn turn that type of score around. So if you're behind and you've got guys like um, Rapana and Munster and uh, Milford who haven't fired yet, then yeah, if you need to make, make up points, you need to keep holding him because uh, they're sure to turn around sooner or later, or if they don't, yeah, well, they have to anyway. So, yeah, just hold. Yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers for Milford, um, first of all, he comes up against your boys, the Parramatta Eels, at Suncorp this week. So he could put up a lot of good points yeah. just this week even. Um, so now's a really bad time to sell him, I think, coming up against the Eels. But looking at his numbers, right, in 2018, he's averaging 49 points. His four seasons before, 70, 67, 65, 65. It would be an enormous drop-off if he finishes... 25% below his career average in Supercoach. Enormous. He can't not go better, just about. Like, it would be it would be a horrendous drop-off. 
Yeah, sums up my season, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it sums up a few of our seasons. That's why me and you are clinging to hope and uh, and clinging to him. But no, nah, look, Supercoach is a numbers game as well. Some of it's luck, some of it's numbers. But the numbers side yeah. of it, you know, these guys have to revert somewhere close to the mean. Uh, maybe he doesn't get to his 70 from last year, but, geez, he hasn't even cracked a 50 average yet. He's got to do better than that. So, I mean, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I know. Probably the problem is it's too late, he, he, even if he does pick up now. Um, um, the negative B will kick in and everyone will jump on him, on him just on the, on the other side of that buy. So, yeah, it's, hopefully it comes good, but it's a bit too late. Well, I'm hoping that guys won't because they're going to be stacked in the halves with these uh, Brimsons and everybody else running around. But anyway, um, I wouldn't sell Milford, guys. Definitely not. Um, I'd be keeping him. So would Billy. But we will move on and we will talk TLT. Um, and it segues quite nicely into the first game, which is the Broncos and the Eels this week, which uh, is a pretty exciting one for the Thursday night. Um, Broncos have a few changes. Uh, Jordan Coe, who makes his return from that badly broken jaw. So Tom O is gone. Um, and then we've got Katoni Staggs retaining his bench spot, which is nice. Uh, Corbin Sims is out with that broken jaw, thanks to Dylan Napa. Um, George Fry replaces him on the bench, uh, and there is mail that Maguire is going to be a chance of um, coming in and being included, included, and he's in the 21 jersey at the moment. So a couple of changes for the Bronx, whereas um, the Eels have got uh, far bigger changes. They've completely rejigged their spine. So we've got Corey Norman at fullback, as we were talking about, um, and Clint Gutherson uh, going into the number six jersey. So... Also a bit of a reshuffle in the forwards, nothing too big, but Manu Ma'u has moved back to the second row from Locke, um, and he has been on fire. Penny Terrapo goes to Locke as well, and uh, Vave's recalled a prop. Penny Terrapo is another one as well who I sort of felt like I missed the boat on from your heels, Billy. Um, he's been going pretty well, but this one, tell me what you like. Do you reckon you're going to get a win, or at least we're going to get a lot of super coach points? Uh no, nah, I mean, I mean Mao will go back to his um, 50-type scores on, on the edge, unless he's, for some reason, rotating with Trubo in the middle. Trubo's a, um, had wrapped on him for years. I remember him coming, coming through the ranks with uh, Tanjanoa. Um, yeah, they, they both had huge wraps on him. It's, it's nice to see him finally performing, but, yeah, Brown back next week, so expecting him to go back to that 40, 45-minute front row, front row rotation, so... I don't really see too many um, points in those guys beyond this week, if anything. No. Um, I, um, I'll i be on Corey Norman and Gutherson watch from the Eels, and I will be seriously considering a Milford VC playing the first game, or even a TPJ VC, because he's in that 11-edge jersey again. Yep. So... Big time, big time TPJ. Um, I'm not sure... Um... I'm not sure I'd be seeing. I'd, he'd have to score a double to be to be worth it. Um, unless you've got rid of guys like Lomax and and and, and, your, and your your floor type um, emergency would be a 40 score. Um, yeah, absolutely. Chuck the uh, VC on him then. But um, it's a shame he doesn't play the second game. I really would like to throw the captaincy on him. Well, if he um, if he didn't get Sinbin last week, he would have scored 90 something points without a try. So. Yep. Uh, 130s there. There's potential for that 120-130 game, but yeah, I'll probably throw it on Milford and just go for the hand grenade and go, well, maybe this will be a 150-point Milford outing, which he's done a few times yeah. before. You know, we'll just hope and pray. 
Um, so, mate, be 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 uh be win win for me. Either the Eels win or Milford, Milford gets a ton. <laughs> Moving along, we've got uh, the Raiders versus uh, the Sea Eagles on the Friday night six pm slot. Um, we've got uh, Joe Tapani. He's been playing pretty well. Got suspended, um, which means Papali is going to shift to the second row. Uh, Soliola to lock and Louis to starting prop with Knight joining the bench. Um, so. Along with that, the Eagles obviously have uh, Dylan Walker out after he went in asking for a fight and he didn't think he was going to get one and Curtis Scott knocked his eye out. So he's gone for six weeks at least. Um, good news for the Eagles though, George Tafua is returning on the wing from his broken collarbone. So they get rid of a Wright brother. Matty Wright drops to the bench. Uh, Hodkinson's moving into the starting side. Um, and they've got Lewis Brown starting at hooker for Abby Coruscant, the immortal Lewis Brown. Do you think we're going to get some trade-ins of Lewis Brown this week? Oh, mate, he's a jack of no trades. <laughs> Funnily enough, guys, every every um, year he pops up and every now and then someone trades him in and it's just astounding. But, um, oh. yeah. Few Lewis Brown jokes next week. <laughs> um, interesting ones that have been brought up with this game. Um, I disagreed with what looked like Probably the majority of people, because a lot of people commented on a couple of threads. Um, people said, oh, you know, Tuppany's yeah. out now. So, wow, Rapana's going to go crazy. It's He's going to get unleashed. And I sort of went, hang on, boys. I don't think a second row forward is the reason why Rapana's not going well this year. <laughs> I kind of got ripped to shreds I'm, a little bit. I, 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 read, I read that and I, I stopped from replying because I know exactly what you were saying. But, yeah, I kind of uh, disagree with you there. Second, second rowers are like forwards, but oh, they are forwards. They're supposed to go forward, but the fact is, um, not all of them just run and refuse to even look right like him. So, yeah, mate, Rapana gets absolutely nothing uh, between between Austin and um, Tapine. The ball never gets any out any further than number twelve, mate. Yeah, I think it's the halves, mate, and also it's a, the coach Ricky Stewart's got a game plan where it just doesn't um, lend itself to them anymore. He if you watch the Raiders games, and it'll happen this weekend, they run less block plays going through their back line through the hands or, or less spread the ball to the centre wing plays or getting the centre wing early ball plays than just about any side in the comp. It just does not happen. They play a lot through the forwards and they play a lot through Austin um, getting the ball or Caesar getting the ball and turning it back in or running. And it just it happens all the time. It's, it's got to be part of their game plan. But the other thing too is that, you know, I didn't get to this point too much because I sort of gave up on the thread, but uh, Rapana's got to take some responsibility. He's he's a big reason why he's not going well this year. The guy's not taking the runs, and because he's not taking all the runs and going and looking for the ball as much, he's not getting the, the TBs and he's not getting the offloads either. That's what's killing him. Yeah, but you can only run when the ball's there, do you? I mean, um, BJ loves running the ball too, you know. Um, what? Whitens out the back. He, he, he's good with the kick returns. It's not like the good old days of you know. Nofer gets back there and takes takes as, as many as he can with Teddy and just tackle bust. You know, does four or five fends. Like he just doesn't get the opportunity anymore. Mate. It's he's just not getting the ball as much. Yeah, regardless, well, regardless of, whether, regardless of whether it comes to him or whether whether he goes looking for it. Well. I don't think that he's he's going to just magically appear this weekend with a ton, but you know I'd be happy to be wrong on that because I'd like him to go well. He is up against the Seagulls, who are a little bit depleted, uh, so maybe they will. This is a bit of an interesting one. Um, 
I think Marty Tapao might have a big one against this pack because he kind of steps up a bit. So I'm looking towards him and uh, and DCE, the DC Anna. I'm a big DCE watch on whether he kicks or not because um, about three kicks in last week, uh, Hodkinson took over and started kicking the goals. So I'm hopeful that that's not going to continue, that it doesn't look good as a DCE owner. Um, but on the flip side, whilst Rapana's been going badly, um, I've also got BJ Leilua and... He's been pleasantly active and not lazy lately, uh, which is nice. And he will match up well with the, um, the Seagulls back line. So those are my exciting ones for this week that I'm watching. I'm actually quite interested in this game. Yeah, I'm uh, hoping Lane retains his spot. He needs, he needs a big one because uh, um, however you pronounce his name, Gozlewski, whatever you call it. The Goz. Um, yeah, you, you reckon he'll replace Lane when he comes back or you reckon he's... Come, he'll come off the bench or maybe even replace um, what's-his-name on the other side. Look, I'm not really sure. He's not going to take Joel Thompson's spot, that's for sure. Um, he's definitely going to be that number 12 jersey if he comes into the starting side. Um, I think Trent Barrett alluded to a couple of weeks ago that when he gets a chance, he needs to get laid back in the middle because he was worried about his middle forward rotation and how thin it was, and he thought that Lane added to that, which he does. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if Lane goes back to the bench at all and Goz starts. Um, The other option as well is that Goz comes off the bench for 60 minutes and Lane spends 20 on the edge and then moves. Yeah, And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either. If I was a coach, that's what I would do because I think Lane's best used with a combination of edge-middle rather than just wasting him just in the middle. But, um, yeah, I, I tend to think that's what's going to happen. So I think that they're both going to have value around 13, but they're both going to need to be sold pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, me, me and in both of them. Yeah, I've got both of them too, so fingers crossed. Um, moving along, though, we've got the uh, the Cows versus Storm. Um, this one is up at 1300 Small Stadium, at least for the Cowboys. But... Um, they're unchanged. That means that Martin, like we said, stays at 5'8 and Morgan at fullback. Um, whereas with the Storm, they've got a multi, They've got so many changes um, that are pretty big ones for Supercoach. Jesse Bromwich is finally back. Uh, for those that are holding on, that he's going to be a gun again. Um, he's probably a bit of a watch. Um, young Tottenham Pia comes in for Curtis Scott in the centres, who's obviously suspended for a couple of weeks. Cam Smith is back, so everyone can play Cam again this week, um, and he's probably going to be a bit rejuvenated after a week off too. Um, this has been an interesting one, Billy, because these two sort of have a lot of Origin teammates shaping up against each other, but um, the cows have just been really poor. Yeah, haven't really done much, have they? No, I, um, I am going to be riding JT hard to just make, just show me something, just more than 30 points. That's my big one yeah, for this I, week. I, I, I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he is getting on. But I remember watching the... Um, we had that discussion at, at the beginning of the year and the, the stats we were throwing out were he averaged 47 versus his first four opponents um, last, um, uh, last year that he was playing this year. Yep. And he averaged uh, uh, 80 to 85 versus, versus the next eight. So I laid off him. He didn't. I was glad I laid off him. Um, Paid, paid dividends. He was in a, ended up averaging some sort of mid fifties up until round six, and then, then then he had that dream run versus 
oh, Titans and Warriors and God knows, God knows what. And then, so I bought him and done nothing. But even 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 the um, I remember the the first couple of games uh, this year. I remember watching and thinking, oh Christ, Jizzy looks dangerous. I think he scored a. 70, 70 or something or 80, 80 something earlier in the year, and he, he he was looking pretty good. Then he played against Melbourne and didn't really didn't really do much because the the storm shut him shut him down. But yeah, he just came up against the uh, the lower the lesser quality teams and just hasn't produced anything at all. So I don't know what's going on, mate. Whether he's um, feel, feeling the sting of the age or whether he's, um, he's he's letting Morgan do a bit more of the work or it just hasn't found his groove yet. Uh, don't know, mate. But I'm, I hope he finds it pretty soon, though. Yeah, well, the Storm aren't looking too good either. So this is actually one of the games, if I have to miss a game watching this weekend, I'll probably, you know, this will probably be the one that I'm going to miss. And who would have thought at the start of the year if I said to you, you know, I can only watch six games this weekend, so I'm going to ditch the Cowboys-Melbourne game. You would have laughed at me and thought I was insane. You would have told me it was the game of the week. Yeah, times are changing, mate. For the better as a New South Welshman, I'm, I'm glad that Melbourne and the Cows aren't going too well. So that's a good thing. But let's uh, move on to the next one because I'm going to be interested in this first Super Saturday matchup, uh, the Roosters versus the Titans. I'm so excited for this one, not just as a Roosters fan, but it's going to be Super Coach Gold. Um, Roosters are unchanged, um, whereas we've got Kevin Proctor returning from his groin strain, courtesy of Cameron Smith, which pushes Ryan James back up at prop, uh, Max King to the bench, and Futuaki to the reserves. Um, so not a lot of changes, but the big ones for me that I'm watching, um, first of all, I am having a look if I need to get a, a 5.8 for round 13, and it's going to be Kiri. I need to do it this week because um, you want to get him in for this game. And I am considering the straight captaincy on James Tedesco, Billy. Really? Yep. Interesting. He scored seventy-five oh, yeah. last week, and he didn't even do much. I um, was going to chuck the uh, BC on him. <laughs> I wasn't going to chuck the C straight on him. <laughs> but um, yeah, mate. The honestly, the um, the last. I'm not sure if you if you've noticed it too, but I'm sure you have being a Tooks fan. But the um, the first few, the first half a dozen games this season, he just looked awkward, like he was just trying to find his, his position in that team. Yep. Um, with, with 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 the Tigers, it was just like, give the ball to Teddy, and he would just take the hit up, run, hit up, tackle bus, move backwards and forwards, and somehow get his head through a gap. Now, it's not just going out in the back to Teddy; like he's got to find um, find that combination, find that support that support play, but no 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 when and where to pop up. And the last couple of the last couple of games I've watched, it just just seems like he's always in the right spot at the right time. Now when when Kiri and and Conk uh, are going short or going wide, he, he knows where he's supposed to be now, and he's a, it just seems like a lot more involved. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see um, him start matching um, Turbo's average and, and um, take it to that take it to that next level now. Yeah, you're right. He's looked a lot better, and I mean. Probably the last three weeks, I thought he's looked a lot better, and he's still got some room to improve. So, um, yeah, I think he's VC is definitely the safer route. I mean, the other route on this one is to go Latrell Mitchell as your VC if you own him. Mitchell, you kidding, are you? Hey, VC coming up this week. Um, he's starting to look really good. Um, he's going to be kicking goals. If if you think that the Roosters are going to put up a a cricket score and really fire this week. He might get six goals and, and two tries or a couple of tries. Here, so 
he could rack up the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll put him on sixty points, and he will have zero of any other attack, any other stats because he does nothing. <laughs> Mate, um, he's Riley Jackson, a wing dude, just kicking goals. I'm I'm far from a Mitchell believer in Supercoach, and I agreed with you in the preseason. And me and you were laughing about how he's got he's got the work rate of you know a guy that's been on the field for about five minutes, and he's been on there for eighty, but. The week before last against the Warriors, um, he scored 103 points. Um, One game. Yeah, but he's really looked good lately. I just keep keep going back back to that game earlier this year where he scored a try in the first three minutes and kicked a couple of goals and had the LB. And he, he was on... He was on 49 after about six minutes. I'm like, here we go. And at the end of the first half, he was on 51. <laughs> there you go. Good on you, son. Uh, I, I know he does it, mate. Um, he's coming up against Brenko Lee, who is a, a really bad defensive player. That's the other thing. Brenko Lee is not good at all. Um, so, yeah, I might be clutching a little bit, but I'll, I'll make a big call. Now, and you can laugh at me about it next week if I'm wrong, uh, Latrell Mitchell, 80-plus. 80 80-plus 80 this week. Lock it in, guaranteed. It's happening. Well, you know, you know what? If you're, if you're going to get Kiri and you're banking on Mitchell, you may as well uh, bank on the both of them, mate, because they'll go together. Yeah. I don't actually own Mitchell, unfortunately. I wish I did, but for those that do. Um, sneaky BC. Um, but we'll move on. Um, we're not going to talk about the Gold Coast Titans. They haven't looked good. Um, and I don't think they've got too many relevant plays that either of us are excited about. So um, after that, we have the Warriors and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, Roger Tilvaz-Shek returns, which is good. Um, Peter Hiku goes to centre, and Bill is gone. Mettering's name to start with Papali moved to the interchange. Um, other than that, on the Rabbitohs side, um, we've got Alan, Alex Johnston replaced at fullback by Greg Inglis with uh, Adam Duhay going into the centres uh, and Mark Nichols recalled on the bench. Sam Burgess is the big news for the Rabbits. He's starting despite only playing 30 minutes last week. Uh, so that's a good sign for him. Campbell Graham retains that wing spot as well. Um, and Cam Murray's still on the bench. Um, and there's no Richie Kennar in sight, which is the other, um, I guess, interesting uh, take on this one. So, a few changes this I'm one. Big, I hope Big Sammy has a rest. I'll I need Murray. I, I, need, uh, <laughs> I need Murray though, 80 minutes. Sammy Burgess killed me last week, made that 15 points. I was looking like I was going to have a good score, and then I got my, my 15 from Sammy Burgess, my 30 from Milford, and my 30 from JT, and it just destroyed me. So, I want him playing 80 and getting seven offloads. Yeah, it wasn't far behind you, mate. I had a, had a, had a cool one last week, too. Mm, um, the watches for me this week, um, I'm going to be death-riding Tofu Harris. I want him to have a bad few weeks so I can um, swap a Sean Lane to him uh, around round 15 for the round 17 buy. Um, he's a big watch for me this week. Um, and the other thing in this game as well with the Rabbits... Um, I am going to be having a look at Angus Crichton as well. I almost traded him in last week, um, didn't. Um, if it looks like he's not going to be in origin, I might have to put Angus into my um, second row. Yeah, he um, hasn't lived up to expectations, but um, for a guy that hasn't lived up up to expectations, still be um, averaging, what, 63 um, 
with the, with all, all the other scores available at second row this year, mate, he, he's doing pretty well. Yep, for sure. Um, moving along, we've got uh, Penrith uh, going up against the Dragons. So this is going to be a really good game. This is probably one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Um, Panthers are unchanged with, with Wallace still out, which means that obviously, like we mentioned, Billy Kicker is still on the bench, unfortunately. Um, and the Dragons are also unchanged from their win over Canberra. So um, big ones for this week. I'm hoping that Gareth Widdop is going to be able to get back on the ton train. Um, he hasn't got a ton since I've had him after watching him do it a couple times at the start of the year. Captained him last week and he looked pretty good. Um, on the Panthers side, uh, I'm really hoping that Billy Kickow has that um, the impact that he did last week and I kind of think that he will. But the big watch, Nathan Cleary, mate, he's got 115 BE. Um, probably a keeper to the end for most coaches. Um, and if he misses out on origin, he's going to be playing round 17 as well. Yeah, mate. No, good observation. <laughs> Is he in your uh, final team and do you reckon he's going to play origin? Oh, too hard to say, mate. Too hard to say. At the moment. I've, got, I've got no idea. What, 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 what's... What's your take? You reckon he's going to get there? Who, who, who would you, if you were going to chuck him in? Who would, who would you put him in over? Well, I would pair Maloney and um, I would pair Maloney and Cleary. If I was picking the team right now, it would be Maloney and Cleary, provided that Cleary in the next two weeks comes back unscathed from his injury and he's at full flight um, for sure. I don't think it's even close, to be honest. Yeah, I'd both have Cleary in there. Um, he's. Um... Yeah, but based off last year's performance alone, it's a shame the guy was injured then because I reckon he would have been in there last year. Yeah, he might have been. Um, but, yeah, it's. I mean, I hope that he doesn't get picked. Hope Maybe they'll go for a uh, Maloney-Cleary option, which, um, oh, sorry, a Maloney-Cleary option. Um, and then Cleary can be left for us around 17. That's sort of what I'm hoping. Probably won't happen, though. Um so the next game, we've got the Knights versus the Sharks. Um, and the Knights got some cruel blows last weekend. They um, had Brock Lamb break his cheekbone, so he's gone for a month. Um, and they've also got um, Jacob Saifidi with a bung shoulder now for 12 weeks out. But Jamie Bure is coming in to replace Saifidi, so it doesn't really hurt him too much. Bure is a good player. I was surprised he's out of the side. Um, but Jack Cogger is not the player that Brock Lamb is. Um, that's going to really hurt him. And against the Sharks side, who now has Luke Lewis and Wade Graham both back, both starting the second row, um, Kirk Capel dropped, which is the big news for the Capel owners. Um, it's going to be uh, a tough day for Newcastle. The Sharks could go pretty well, but my big watch for this game, Billy, with Brock Lamb out and considering that he took over the kicking, I'm really hoping that that means that Ponga gets the kicking back and I can get excited at him scoring tries and then get even more excited with him kicking the goals as well. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I completely forgotten that he'd, that he'd um, lost the kicking. Um, it's um, Especially since most people have got him, but not, not everyone does. I, I, there's a few coaches out there doing the uh, Teddy Turbo double and uh, uh, I think poor Mikey Painter <laughs> watches watches Turbo with disgust every week. It's <laughs> 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 like z- z- zero to 50 in 30 seconds. Uh, we need like an hour segment just to talk about our love for Ponga, 
for super coach purposes. He's been fantastic. So yeah, he's um I, I dare say against the Sharks he might struggle a little bit more than what he did against the Titans. But yeah, if he gets that kicking back this week, he's um his value's gonna go up yet again. So it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um so aside from that, um the next game we've got the Tigers uh coming up against the Bulldogs um in the last game of the round. Um and we already mentioned some of the interesting ones on this one, Billy to finish up on, but uh, the key one that we spoke about was um, Mahe Fanua returning to the centres. Tui uh, Lele here yep. is back at fullback, though, after a bit of a hiatus, which means Corey Thompson is on the wing. Um, MWZ is out, which is fine. He's probably not a good option for him anyway. Uh, but Michael Cheekham, second row starter, like we mentioned. Robbie Rocco out of the 21 altogether. And uh, Josh Reynolds back um, on the bench in place of Chris McQueen, who is on 450 grand a year, got one game, and now he's out of the side again. Um, and Matt Eisenhuth moved to the bench, replaced by Elijah Taylor. So a lot of super coach ramifications for that Tigers team, both good and bad. Yeah, Tigers um, Tigers just seem like the opposite of the Knights, don't they? They've... they've... Their recruitment's been absolutely abysmal, but all the all these young young kids have just um, put their hand up and are doing the job, and they don't, they don't need any of these imports. I mean, um, McQueen, Reynolds, uh, I suppose Bad, Bad Lino's done a bit of bit of a job there, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the guys like Luke Brooks have just sort of stepped up. Well, it'll be interesting um, to see what Lola here does with, with him back uh, firing. So. Um, yeah, I think the Tigers can sort of turn it around a bit. They uh, they they they're, they're a type of team that just goes from, from side to side. So, um, be interesting to see if, if they go back to shutting down the opposition middle again, SC wise, because uh, the first few rounds this year they seem to be a stat killers for whoever they played. Yeah, they did. And the other interesting thing too is with two Elola here back. Um, It'd be really upsetting for the Masters owners, including me, if um, Masters loses loses the goal kicking now that, that Lola here is back, especially leading up to round thirteen. Well, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't think so because he he up until that one game um, not last week, the week before, I don't think he actually missed one conversion at all. That he had he had a shocker that day where he just sprayed them all from the sideline. But I think he, uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take it off him. I wouldn't either. Lola here, Lola here's not the greatest kicker in the world. No, he's not, but I'm pretty certain, I could be wrong, that last time Lola here got thrown back in the side, he took it off him. So maybe he's he's earned the trust a bit more by this point, I guess. But um, <coughs> big news for their opposition, though. Josh Morris is out for eight weeks with his knee injury, and uh, John Olive is uh, getting the start at centre, which is interesting because they've had Holland there on the bench playing some bench hooker. You would have thought that maybe he would have just gone straight into the back line, but um, John Olive gets a start. Uh, Fatala Mariner's back, uh, which is great for all the Fatala Mariner old owners. I actually sold him last week, um, but I'm going to probably be regretting that in round 17. Um, and David Clemmer named a start with Clay Priest benched, so big Bulldogs pack with a lot to prove this week at full strength. Uh, could be a bit of a dour affair, mate, maybe a 10-8 scoreline. I uh, never know with the Tigers, mate. They um, they could turn up with forty points. They could kick three goals. But same same with the same with the dogs, mate. Yep, not a great one to finish up on. I um, I don't know if I have to miss two games this weekend. I might miss that one as well. But there's a couple of good super coaches there. Michael Cheekham and hoping that Masters gets back to it will be my ones. Who's your guy in this game that you want to get up? Uh. 
just the, just those two, I think. Um, uh, Rishi Martin as well. Yeah, no, the Martin's a good call, actually. I forgot about him. I haven't actually been playing him. I'm probably going to have to start the way my season's going. What, what are you not playing him? No, I haven't. The, I've felt like I've had a pretty strong 17. Um, obviously, with guys like Milford as a reserve, DCE as a reserve. Who would you play over him? Well, I mean, at the moment, if I look at my reserves last week, um, you know, I had uh, Milford, DCE, uh, Teddy, and Marty Tapao as my four reserves. I would play him over Cherry and Tapao the way he's going at the moment. Yeah, I only had two game samples. And and it's he looks pretty good, dude. Um, <laughs> um, the only reason I wouldn't play him over Milford is just because of that eels factor at home. But otherwise, I would play him over every one of those guys apart from Teddy. Uh, well, at the moment, I'm probably going to bite the bullet and um, dump Thurston from my seventeen. So it's probably going to be pretty easy because he's played in the storm and he just went really badly. So uh, I'll be doing that. Um, but the problem is, mate, this is another one for you. If I dump Thurston from my 17, um, I have a choice of Martin, but I also have Asako kicking goals against the Eels, or uh, Mahe Fanua, who hasn't currently got a start in my starting centre spot. What be your last spot? Yep. So finish off with mate, some I... advice, mate. Fanua, Asako, I... or Reese Martin. Mate, I, I told uh, some guys today that there were three awesome captaincy choices this weekend. Um, Arrow, TPJ, or Martin. So I would I don't even know why you're leaving him out of 17, dude. If he was playing later later in the weekend and sort of complimented by, um, by um, uh, NPR, um, I would actually have him as, as captain, dude. Captain's a big call, mate. Jeez. We're on, um, we're on different wavelengths on... Uh... And our love for Martin at the moment. I'm being a little bit too cautious, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mate, just go, go back, go back six weeks. He's a, he's a, he's an arrow. He's a broken arrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll finish it off there. Um, thanks for jumping on again, Billy. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Martin goes, and one of us can give it to the other one next week after we get the games done. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for everything, man. Cheers, mate. Uh, thanks yeah. for listening, guys. Um, you can grab us on SoundCloud and follow us there and download or listen. Um, you can download on iTunes or you can follow us at NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Uh, and good luck on your captaincy choices this weekend. And remember, round 13 is just around the corner. <laughs>